The Illuminati Telegraph. Yo, what's up, everybody? Episode, what's this, 15 or 14? Hmm, I don't know. It's episode, let me check that. Wow. So many episodes, I forgot what we're on. We're on episode 14. Okay, so we did current events today. We didn't do some ancient mysteries. We didn't do this or that. And I say current events. It was a collection of articles that were very revealing, that deserved looking into. That's what we did. And we brought that information here. We talk about the universe. We talk about Joe Biden and his past with the CIA. We talk about flawed imperial college data that led to the lockdowns in UK. Shout out to Whitney Webb. We talk about the Sanger Institute's crooked past of whatever happened in Africa studying genomes. We go deep today. We ran a little bit here. We ran a little bit there. Join us today. Don't forget to subscribe to our Patreon for video. We got screenshots of the articles. We got links of all the articles and this and that and yada yada in the show notes. We got ad-free audio on our Patreon. Support the show. Help keep our reading lights on. Help keep our internet on. Help us eat, you know, feed ourselves healthy nutritional food so we can have brain power to put out the best content. And, and, and help us get better microphones that have built-in noise gates so you don't hear the heater in the background and me breathing through my nose. So shout out to you guys for tuning in. That's glass brain, this beat. That's going to be... Breakdown, baby. Back to the fast part. Yeah. Boom. So Jesse's doing guitars over this beat right now. We are releasing another rap record soon. You heard it here first. Yeah, I know. A rap. I do. If you want to hear it, check out our record, Metamorphicon Black Matter Lives. You got to search out the whole thing because no one fucking listens to it. It doesn't show up in the... But it's everywhere. Please, go be a listener. Go check it out. Check out Death of Skepsis, our EPs. Check out Alfred and the Tedinators. Jam tapes. Jam cast. CDs. We got another record coming. Check out Golgothan. They got a lot of heavy, heavy, heavy music like Death to Skepsis, breakdowns, riffs, screaming. If you like that stuff, if you like that stuff, you like rock, you like indie rock, check out Alfred and the Tedinators. You like some hip hop that's kind of different, prolific, check out Metamorphicon. And if you like acoustic stuff, check out my EP, Earth Tone. Boom, breakdown right here, baby. So thanks for tuning in. Let's get into the show. We hope you love it. Cause we know we did. Mwah. Get the hot coffee. I always get. I always get the iced coffee. Iced coffee. It's good. It's yeah. good. I, I, actually, coffee. It's just. They're they're cold brew black. Coffee from coffee stores sucks dick. The coffee sucks dick every time. That's why I get Americanos, dude. The coffee, the light roast, that medium roast bullshit that tastes like raw green beans. You know, I like that dark, smoky chocolate that you get from an espresso or a dark roast, like a French roast. You go you know, in like, there... You like community coffee, like that chicory coffee? No, that shit tastes so fucking nasty. Dark roast, that's it. Nothing but dark roast, huh? French roast, Italian roast, those are the two dark ones that have that full flavor. All that other stuff, it's like flat Coke. 
It's like drinking flat Coke. It doesn't have that thing. You know that like a, a lighter roast has more caffeine in it, though. So if you're you're doing it for the drug aspect of it, you got to go with a lighter roast. I do EMR know that. Light roast. I do know that, but I'm you know I'll drink more coffee if it tastes good and I like it. Yeah, I get you. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm not so, that so, medium. So what brand of coffee do you drink at home? Uh, I mean, we get the signature select, the big bag, but I get French roast, mostly whole beans, and I grind them up real fine. And I get a real strong, full-bodied flavor. Or okay. Italian roast is the other dark one that's that's really good. I like, I like a good French roast. I like French and Italian roast. I like dark yeah. coffee. The chicory, you know, you go to Starbucks, like, I'll have a coffee. And, and you get it. And it's just, what the fuck is this? It's like a flat Coke. I don't know how else to explain it. It doesn't have... It's acidic. It's not full and smoky and chocolate. Definitely Plus, from a taste perspective, it does not taste as good. Tastes like, like a good, but I will say from a caffeine perspective, the shit definitely to me, I don't know, like they have a lot of caffeine in their fucking coffee. I well, find. here's the thing if you're talking the caffeine count and the flavor, if you go to Starbucks or any coffee shop, get you get you maybe you know this, but you get the Americano, yeah, because that's espresso and that has more caffeine than. It's like jacked with, so you get two shots. But I of find espresso. even their coffee was what I'm saying. Like even the, just their regular coffee, I find to me feels like it has a stronger kick, caffeine. Than an americano. Not than an americano. No, that's I'm what saying, I'm saying. The I'm americano saying than a regular both. cup of coffee I make at my house. That's what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. But for the same price and no flavor, for sure. flavor and performance, the americano gives you both. If you like the flavor of the dark, but you want the caffeine, and you don't want to sip super strong espresso you get that americano like this my french roast in my cup coffee tastes just like an americano from starbucks or somewhere else just rich just put some hair on your chest all right bro you can stop shaming me for my uh coffee selection today well i stopped while i was out i stopped i stopped while i was out with tiffany um so we shared some articles of some really wacky stuff this week the first on my list is that private government article uh is that okay so that's where tech companies that's in nevada nevada yeah you want to screen share that article yeah i can screen share it i have all the bookmarks in order here and i'll post all the links to the stuff i found that i clicked through uh on on the show notes wherever that is the podcast at the bottom and the in the description i'll have links to i'll have links to our bands too but yeah, so this one was kind of wild, man. And this is pretty recent, February 3rd. Um, and this is basically talking about, I don't know if you want to summarize it, uh, or, but this is basically talking about the idea of trying to draw technology companies to Nevada. or How do you say it? Nevada or Nevada? I said Nevada. I've, I've always said ne- Nevada. That's, Nevada. All, that's what I've always said Nevada. Dylan, Dylan walks down his own path in life. Uh, <laughs> So, yeah, these in order for Nevada to to attract these technology companies, they're going to allow them to essentially purchase a certain amount of land um, and set up their own governments within that land with with their own with all of the powers of a local governmental body. Yeah. If you have 75 square miles, I believe is the number of so, outside of the city, but in like the country, basically. 
Zone requirements would include owning at least 78 square miles of undeveloped, uninhabited land within a single county, but separate from any city, town, or tax increment area. Companies would have at least $250 million plans to invest and an additional $1 billion in their zones over 10 years. The zones would initially operate with the oversight of their location counties, but would eventually take over county duties and become independent governmental bodies. Yeah, man. Basically, the county is going to usher them. They're, they're going to groom them up and raise them. Be like, all right, you're good. Now you have your own government. It's kind of like the maritime laws. When you go out on the ocean, you can make your own law. Or if you have an island, you can make your own law. That's how they did the Federal Reserve on Jekyll Hyde Island outside of New York. They went to the Jekyll Hyde Island and then made this new law, this new rule, the Federal Reserve. So it's like on land now, these people can, with the help of the county buy enough and get ushered into having their own little with their own rules and their own and so and it, it specifically so if you apply it, you're it's the applications are limited to companies working in these specific business areas so it would be blockchain businesses autonomous technology the internet of things robotics artificial intelligence wireless biometric and renewable resource technology so any any other businesses that would try to take advantage of this would not would not be able to unless they were working in these specific areas. Yeah, it's all the big tech stuff. And that's what's so wild is big tech is already basically working at, at the behest of the government, censoring people, controlling algorithms, favoring certain politicians, taking like Tulsi Gabbard out of the search results when she's trending after she destroys who is now the vice president. <laughs> like, how do you get destroyed? And then it's like in the UFC, you get fucking knocked out and then your next fight is for the title. I couldn't like, understand all the 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 hate that was given out towards her. It was Hillary Clinton when uh, she came out and just said she was a Russian asset. That's when it changed. All Hillary had to do was go on Twitter. It's literally what happened and say she's a Russian asset. And then everybody just ate it up. Everyone just eats it up. A claim that had no, yeah. absolutely no backing at all. And if you really want to split the hairs, it's her party that actually took millions of dollars from Ukraine. The whole Hunter Biden, Joe Biden like, you know, when you really start pointing the blame at who's working with Russia, it's the people that are spouting it off the most. That was just such a, a wild smear campaign. It was wild. That had but, no factual uh, basis. But yeah, getting back to the article. Big tech um, is already working at the behest of the government. Now the government's ushering them in to have their own governments. Like, where the fuck do people think this is going? And who owns the largest landmass of farmland? In the country, Bill okay. Gates. Tell me that motherfucker is not going to have the strongest technocratic government. Yeah, and and they so they the, there's already a company that has committed to developing a quote smart city in an area east of Reno. Yeah, that's what the theory about them driving them out of the big cities is, is because New York is already installing smart city shit cameras that are gonna. They're, they, from what I understand, they have so, like plans. So let's to talk install. about. I know that's a big conspiracy thing right now. Um, smart. I, I mean, 
whenever Denver, I listen to some of this conspiracy podcasts and stuff, and I haven't done my research on this. In, it's in not podcast. really a conspiracy because I drive around Denver and I see marketing about Denver being a smart city, like real estate marketing, like smart apartments, come have your smart home, smart living. It's 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 being programmed all around yeah, in the bigger cities. Home. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. the, I mean, the whole actually, smart thing. At Apple, I mean, they there's a there's a framework that you connect your smart devices to called HomeKit. Yeah, it's all for all your smart devices, and it's all gonna just eventually scan people about COVID and then alert the technocratic governments to come on the behalf of the government. To now, that's one thing I have to say that Apple is definitely doing right in this area that it that the other tech companies have not been doing well in terms of like privacy and not. Apple and Facebook are fucking going at it right now about you saw the video of Zuckerberg that I sent you from Veritas uh, yes. on camera yes. saying that he doesn't trust the vaccine because of the RNA DNA modifications happening. All the conspiracy theorists were spitting that and getting decensored and right wing propaganda and anti-vaxxers and their fucking technocratic God is saying the same shit. OK, go yeah. on. No, no, you're good. Uh, so Apple and, and Facebook are have been going at it. So they had the National Data Privacy Day the ah. last, last week, right? <laughs> and, A National Day of Privacy? Promoted by Facebook? Is this what I'm no, hearing? No, 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 no. Okay. I, this, was, this had nothing. Facebook was no part of this. This was What's in, this? actually, this is an internet. This was in another country, I think. And Tim was, oh. uh, Tim was speaking Damn. at it. And, um, he was basically... Um, talking about the dangers of allowing all these companies to collect massive amounts of data on you to where you become the product rather than, um, you know, you, you actually using the product, like you are the product of these yeah. social media companies. And, and so Tim is like outlining all this in this speech and he's like, uh, he's obviously talking about Facebook and then, there's been all these. I haven't read any of these articles or anything, but I keep seeing all these headlines about uh, how Zuckerberg has said that they're going to make Apple feel the pain because Facebook is pissed that Apple is implementing all these new uh, technologies into our operating systems that um, basically give you as a user the ability to choose whether you not you whether or not you want these different apps like Facebook and Twitter and Instagram. Um, to be able to access your information, right? Your location data, all that type of stuff, right? Your browsing history and stuff. So they're finding ways uh, to basically hide all that from these uh, these social media companies within the operating system. And obviously that is very uh, detrimental to Facebook's business operating model with the way they work with ads and things like that. And so they are, fuck, Zuckerberg is furious about it. And has been um, talked and has been and has been talking shit about how Apple is going to diminish the user experience because by doing by implementing these these uh, these systems in the software. Anyway, interesting shit. And I, I and you know I know we got way off topic here. We were talking about smart cities, but um, that is one thing that that I can appreciate about Apple is that when it comes to data privacy for users that they have been fighting the good fight on, on that side of things for, for a while now. And right now it's happening with Zuckerberg, but, but as it relates to this whole internet of things and then smart city and all these smart devices, uh, the home kit framework that Apple operates on is very strict when it comes to uh, minimizing data collection. 
um, to the point where when they first rolled this framework out, it, it was very difficult to get hardware manufacturers to actually use it. So like there was a very small amount of accessories that were developed to operate within that the HomeKit framework because of the level of encryption that was required for it and all these strict security standards uh, that these companies just weren't willing to to make the sacrifice for to take part in Apple's HomeKit framework because the, the HomeKit framework is just a basically an API which is a, a set of building blocks that developers use to create their apps and um, so it's not a, it's not an actual product. It's just something we give to developers to implement their product so that it works really well within iPhones and the Macs it's and like the iPads a, and stuff. Right? Like a it's fork, a way it's a way like to a make hardware, your no. It's like a, a software, software. It's a software framework that framework. that developers program on top of that would allow them to do things. It would basically it would, allow. Let, let's say I, I was making a smart lock that locked my front door. I could use Apple's HomeKit API that would give me the ability to do things like tell Siri to lock my front door. Uh, or be able to, to be able to control multiple smart accessories within one location on my iPhone from the home app. It allows you it allows you more functionality within within so the operating system of the phones. But what, it had a super high requirement for the level of encryption. It required a hardware bridge when it first rolled out. Um, and the developers, all the other well, companies, it was, it was hard don't to, want to it work was, with that. It was hard to it was hard to work within that framework because it was so secure. That's what I was so. trying to understand. So all the companies are like, we don't want to follow your encryption rules. Yeah, which is kind of crazy, right? I'm I'm like securing my house with this fucking smart lock and um my, this smart security system, but I'm gonna make I, I'm gonna not worry about the level of software security built into this device. I'm just gonna. You know, it doesn't make any sense. So someone could yeah. fucking hack your hack your home and turn your security system off and unlock your front door. Anyway, I'm mm -hmm. sorry I got off on a tangent right there. We were talking no, about that's, smart cities. That's good stuff. You um, have the inside scoop though. You're you're the Apple guy, right? Yeah, but I'm not a developer or software engineer. People, I am fucking stupid when it comes to this. I'm in sales, okay? I so don't, don't know. do not sound? listen. Do not listen to me when it comes to, to when it comes to the inner workings of some of this stuff. I'm just basically reading through the headlines. You sounded pretty smart, though. You sounded pretty smart. But anyway, back to these smart cities. I, I, I you need a wand, bro. You need a wand, and your background needs to be like information, and you just need to roll to the side, and then give a couple of points every now you and need then. A white board behind yeah, you. dude, or a, a green board. All right. Anyway. So I, I I know smart cities kept <laughs> you, up on. I keep sure? getting, trying to get back to the fucking topic, and Dylan just keeps. You showed your hand, and then like a bed showed up. Oh, for real? Can you see the uh, cat sitting yeah. on the bed behind? Yeah, you? the background faded out, and it was like an unmade bed with a cat. The bed <laughs> is actually made. Oh, it looked unmade. Okay, you might want to make it again because it looked unmade. <laughs> All right, I'll tell my wife that. Oh, don't tell her I told you that. Yeah, she's gonna. She's uh, twenty-one weeks pregnant. She will kill you. Congratulations, so, by the way. Thanks, man. Thanks. Did we talk about that on the podcast? Did yeah, you I think we did. We did. Okay. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. A few episodes ago. Mm -hmm. So the smart city, the conspiracy would be that they're, the Democratic mayors or governors are crashing their states on purpose to get people to leave so that they can then rebuild as a smart city. And all the people coming in will be in compliance with the new precedent they've set. All the cameras that are going to be able to scan for COVID vaccines and facial recognition and 
dissidents, basically. And that's 15, 20 years down the road. That's what people don't get on board with these theories because it's not happening right now. But nothing ever happens right now. You know, like it took the Federal Reserve 50, 60 years until it finally started fucking crashing the economy and, and creating that wealth gap to where money and cryptocurrency has to exist just for some kind of, uh, you know, financial justice. It takes time. So I think 15, 20 years, these smart cities are going to... That's a conspiracy is they're doing it on purpose, crashing it. But and cities it's basically become, be a way that there will be so many so many ways that they're able to collect data on each individual yeah. citizen. They're able to monitor you and make sure that you're following within alignment. Yeah, of what, and the, the same people that have designed... It's like a shitload of loss of freedom. Yeah, the, the, the same developers and big corporations that have developed all the smartphones and listening devices in the house... The last 10 years are the same developers that are developing, working towards these smart cities. So it's like the whole city is just going to be a big bug everywhere. And and if you're talking about if you're criticizing the vaccine at a bar or outside smoking a cigarette and you're next to a smart camera and then, you know, just some some cops come up and like write you a ticket or give you like a strike because they're trying to implement social credit on apps that they have in China right now, where if you, you know, don't get enough steps per day, then you don't qualify for certain tiers of health insurance because you're not technically taking care of yourself and blah, blah, blah. Like a really high monitored social credit system is what's ultimately going to be ushered into where you can just have finances and opportunity taken away from you because everything's coming through these apps anyway. It's like, you know, the big tech apps are, like helping promote this lockdown in the mass, but they're making all the money off of the lockdown. It's like they're the ones benefiting and siphoning everybody into their products where they're going to have full control. And you got all these fucking dummies out here going, well, they're private companies that can do what they want. These fucking idiots <laughs> ruin the world for everybody. You know, these fucking idiots, man. Fuck these fucking idiots, you know? Yeah. And so they're about to be able to buy huge plots of lands in Nevada and set up their own governments. And and so yeah. what's what's the fear with that, right? That Private companies can do what they want. They can become governments, bro. <laughs> it's insane. What were you saying? So so what's what's the what's your fear with that? With the with these tech companies being allowed to purchase plots of land and and uh, I mean, if they do set up their own cities, right? Shouldn't Shouldn't they be able to uh, govern govern themselves, or do you just see them entrenching themselves further into the existing government system and getting more and more power over? Well, I think it goes over. back to what I was saying earlier: how big tech is already working at the behest of the government. It's not really private companies. So whenever they're now getting help from the government in these big tech fields only to set up their own cities. It's not even a law that says, hey, this can happen. It's saying, hey, we're going to help you do this. It's just that other, it's like two fists. Here's the big government, and then big tech has been getting bigger and bigger, and and now it's just going to be bigger. It's just both enemies are bigger now. So, I mean, what's, what I'm afraid of is the obvious. It's what happen, is, is happening in Saudi Arabia, how they use extreme monitoring on social media to come arrest people and kill people. People are getting executed. Two wrestlers got executed in the past couple months in Iran 
you know, that's where this is going and people don't see it. So what am I afraid of? That. I'm afraid of that. I'm afraid of on the street saying something and my and then in 15, 20 years, you got a bunch of like five year olds that have grown up and they're terrified of everything and they've been indoctrinated and all this, you know, math is racist bullshit. We'll get to that. And they're still wearing masks 25 years later and they're okay with vans come and arrest you because you spoke out against the establishment. They're okay with it. That's what I'm afraid of. A really fucked yeah. up country where where even as it's going to come for music, man, because music is going to get political and then the albums are going to start being censored and then bands, you know, I want to be political with music. I am in some of my rap songs that haven't come we, out. Uh, like, yes, I rap people. I, I know people are like, oh, he fucking raps. It's not some fucking Macklemore bullshit, you know. You know, I hate when people are on podcasts and then some famous person comes into the subject and they have to caveat with, they're so fucking talented, though. Don't get me wrong. I love the person. They're talented. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> Nicki Minaj is fucking talented, bro. You know what I'm saying? Fuck that. You know, I don't do this bullshit rap, but it is political. And it's going to come a time where, like, it's not just journalists. It's just going to be people. Gonna be, you know, whenever the FCC and all that wanted to crack down on Eminem. Now it's getting to a point where they're actually going to be able to do that in another 10 years. That's what I'm worried about. Just more we of had this a, bullshit. We had a management that didn't even want to work with us because of, uh, I mean, if, if for any of you that have checked out Golgoth and stuff, it's not the most tame shit in the world, especially lyrically yeah. and artwork-wise. <laughs> or yeah. even the name of our last album. Um, they're like The management company that we started working with was like hey you guys gotta fucking tone it back a little bit and this is like in the death metal genre wow and it's meant to be kind of funny and we're taking the piss and we're being extreme on purpose but like like our last album for example our album our last ep uh was called rotting genitalia and like our, when we when we signed when we started working with the manager he's like uh it's like yes yeah, fine so you already put it out and everything and that's good but let's it's probably not the best name for an album if you want to be picked up by a major label and he works with major major record labels and so like yeah you're right they are like they're already like toning it down and not letting um you know art artistic expression you know be completely free if you yeah. if you really want to sign with one of these big labels like if we well, really want to sign with like metal blade or one of these bigger and this is and that's tiny compared to like pop music and how big that shit they were talking death metal here well, here's still, we're question. still being fucking uh censored at that level we had a song titled uh diddle diddle the genitals <laughs> 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 on our last album that's kind of bad and, though <laughs> it's called diddle the diddle the genitals and it's uh, just like a, we what? didn't censor it like uh but like once again another one of those things where like we couldn't put it out as our single because the manager wouldn't let us because it was too graphic so is he doing that because he wants to graphic market you better song. or is yeah, he doing because he because he's gotten feedback from these comp from these companies these record labels because he works with them he works for them he talks to these people like hey what do you guys think about this right and so like he, he gets all that feedback and that's the feedback he gets from these fucking bigger labels like yeah that's not gonna go over well that's not gonna like it's too graphic it's too disgusting sounding so in fairness, anyway, that, and that's that, and that's at the small, little, tiny level of death metal where it, you know, it's it's a very niche genre. Not a lot of people 
Yeah, but I this, say not a lot of people listen to it, but a lot of people do. But this is not what's fucking bullshit whatsoever, and we still get fucking censored. Is because Cardi, point. who is it that had WAP, wet ass pussy? Yeah, but you could put a song called "Wet Ass Pussy" out. That's what I'm like. Every single pop song is super bad. So yeah. why the you know what I'm saying? So it's kind of like a double standard, but at the same time, that's their marketing choice. So I kind of get it. The next step would be if it's illegal, if he doesn't want to do it because like we're going to get arrested because the 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 surveillance yeah. state is so deep. So and it's not to that level. It's just I, I don't know. Maybe the maybe the big record labels are kind of tied in at that level, and that's why they don't want to do it. But anyway, let me let me refill my coffee. Okay. All right. This is what Wikipedia says is a smart city when Dylan refills his coffee. A smart city is an urban area that uses different types of electronic methods and sensors to collect data. Insights gained from that data are used to manage assets, resources, and services efficiently. In return, that data is used to improve the operations across the city. This includes data collected from citizens, devices, buildings, and assets that is then processed and analyzed to monitor, monitor and manage traffic and transportation systems, power plants, utilities, water supply networks, waste, crime detection, information systems, schools, libraries, hospitals, and other community services. The smart city concept integrates information and communication technology and various physical devices connected to the Internet of Things network to optimize the efficiency of city operations and services and connect to citizens. Smart city technology allows city officials to interact directly with both community and city infrastructure and to monitor what is happening in the city and how the city is evolving. ICT is used to enhance quality, performance, and interactivity of urban services to reduce cost and resource consumption and to increase contact between citizens and government. Smart city applications are, to, to, are developed to manage urban flows and allow for real-time responses. A smart city may therefore be more prepared to respond to challenges than one with a simple transactional relationship with its citizens. Yet the term itself remains unclear to its specifics and therefore open to many interpretations. So that was a, uh, I, I went ahead and looked up what Wikipedia said a smart city was while you were refilling your coffee. And that's the um, sounds like a really milk toast version of what people yeah. hope the future is going to be like. Right. It's sold as convenience, like oh, we're just going to help people, and if someone has a heart attack, we'll send the ambulance right away. It's like oh, yeah. this is great. <laughs> Actually, at the top of the art article, it says this article may require cleanup to meet Wikipedia's quality standards. So, and this specific problem is the Damn. article does a poor job defining what a smart city is, and additionally. A large amount of the text consists of what seems to be marketing fluff. <laughs> I'll tell you what a smart city is. It's commie bullshit, and you don't want it. Yeah, I don't know that I want to be that connected, right, in that track yeah. and that. So, yeah, that's kind of kind of scary. You know, that's that's happening in Nevada. The um, let's see that that was recent. I don't know if there's been any progress on this. Has do you know if this has been um. I know it was just legislation. Do you know if it got passed? I don't. It's February 3rd, so a couple of weeks you, ago. You know it's going to get passed. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, being... Uh, Biden's the president, and he 
um, you know, what's that next article about Biden's love affair with the CIA, his connection to William Casey? William Casey was like the head of the CIA after the World War II. He was like the intelligence and military intelligence. And then he became the director or something of the CIA. And him and Biden went back and forth forever because the CIA wanted to. It was kind of hard to understand the article. It was complicated, but yeah. It was like Biden kind of posed as resistance, but in the end voted for William Casey. Biden was like, no, we don't need that. We need this. We don't need more. Oh, man, it was so complicated. But Biden kind of like they played good guy, bad guy. Then Biden voted for him in the end, just like what AOC and the squad does. They come out and they criticize. We need stimulus for people. We need Medicare for all. We need this and that. And when it comes down to like force the vote, like recently when they could have not voted for Nancy Pelosi as speaker until she made these things. Because Nancy Pelosi is in charge. She signs it at the end of the day. She signs it. She can make it happen. So when they come out and talk Medicare for all and all this, but then they don't force Nancy Pelosi to give them that, they just go and vote for her anyway. That's what Biden did with William Casey. It's like they come out and tell people what they want, but then they vote for the people who control them. So Biden and the CIA and this William Casey guy and Biden being president, that legislation is going to get passed, man. That stuff's going just like clockwork for them. This is all going as planned for them. Yeah. That's my bet. You're probably right. So the William Casey stuff, from what I understand, it had to do with like whistleblowers, right? Oh, gray uh, mail. Gray mail. You, you can't bring in declassified documents during the trial for the defendant. Uh, whistleblowers like Assange and them. Mm. Uh, you know, the gray mail was you can't bring in declassified information for the defendant because they want to prosecute whistleblowers and people that leak information on the government. Biden was saying how the CIA didn't do a good enough job, so we need to up restrictions here. But then William Casey is like, you know, ba ba ba, and then Biden's like, oh, William Casey left out information in his court. He didn't disclose money he got, ba ba ba. But then in the end, Biden voted for Casey, and they perpetuated their surveillance state, and it never yep. fucking mattered. But William Casey, the other thing was he wrote, he literally wrote the book on uh, tax shelters for large companies. That's kind of what his claim to fame is, his big deal. You know, he wrote the how-to book which i tried to find and and it's not for sale anywhere can't buy it but he wrote how to stay away from paying taxes you know all the big companies don't pay taxes yeah look yeah. up Will william casey book on tax shelter i did a search i couldn't find it and even in that article i have it there's a link to the book I'll screen share it. Yeah, go ahead and screen share it. Oh, and he was involved with the Iran-Contra affair. Yeah, yeah, he was... William Casey was, that is. Yeah, that Iran-Contra affair was a real big behind-the-scenes behind the fuck you to the people. I mean, they straight up came out and were saying... They straight up came out and were saying, hey, you know, we're not doing this, and then they did it. So can you see this? Yeah, I can see it. You can? Yes. I don't see it on my screen. Maybe I do. Bruh, how can you not see it on your screen if you're looking at it? Um, On the Skype screen, I don't see oh. it. Fuck the Skype screen. Just do your thing, bro. 
Okay, so... I go to reading only so these fucking ads don't get the best of me. So the book, if you click on the book, he wrote the book on the tax shelter subject. Where is it? I looked on Amazon and everywhere. We're oh, sorry, the page requested. Found. Yeah, the book isn't available, even though the link to it. So, like, whenever this article was written, apparently that link was good. Otherwise, they wouldn't have posted October 10th, 2019. Since then, maybe this this is conspiracy. Maybe this article took off and they said, hey, we got to get rid of that book. People are buying it. Um, but it's not there. Okay. Yeah, this is a weird thing. M- William Casey was Ronald Reagan's on Ronald Reagan's transition team, which he was said to fly to Rome where departing from a black windowless C-141 jet. No windows. He visited the Vatican to brief Pope John Paul II on the latest developments in the war on communism. Okay. Yeah, at the end of his life, Casey was directly implicated in the Iran-Contra scandal, narrowly Mm. avoiding prosecution when he was hospitalized less than 24 hours before Congress called on him to testify. I thought that was shady. Oh, super shady. Just like that uh, MK Ultra episode last time those two guys that guy just jumped out the window yep. yeah so look right here but in records in the CIA Crest archive unsealed in 2017 it details Biden's role in supporting Casey's rise and ushering in one of the darkest eras of the CIA's history let's click on the CIA Crest archive link and go to the Freedom of Information Act page not found not found dude 404 not there anymore what the fuck is up with that? Yeah, man, this is the Freedom of Information Act.gov, CIA.gov. Like, we, you know, what the, you know. So, this must have been a good link, too, when this article was written. Now it's not. Let's see. I'm going to, just to make sure it's not some shit on your end, let me click on the link on my side. Yeah. No, nope. Case- same, same thing. Yeah. So in the 80s, William Casey praised Joe Biden for giving the most serious threat to the CIA's unchecked power, the Justice Department. A good, a good thrashing. So Biden criticized the Justice, Justice Department because they weren't doing a good enough job against whistleblowers, I guess. And then Casey liked that. So they were both trying to get whistleblowers, but Biden was like criticizing the Justice Department. So the pu- the public was like, oh, look, our government isn't really doing that good. I guess we need to trust the CIA to take up the slack the government's not doing. So they kind of like work this narrative out there. And in the end, they just play ball together. His demand that if his gray mail legislation, which he sponsored, was not enough to enable them to go after leaks, they tell them what else needs to be done. I don't know what that means. Yeah, I think in the end, like towards the end of the article, it just basically talks about how Biden, even though they have their disagreements or whatever, Biden's like, ah, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and vote him in because it's not worth the political turmoil that goes against, you know, standing up for my values. So I'm just going to go with the fucking flow and, and do whatever I have to do to to get votes in the future and make this political move. Is what the article ends up stating, I think, towards the end. Yeah. 
So crazy, man. But he's super in bed with the CIA. Here's the part where William Casey gets all that money that he didn't disclose. Months after Casey's confirmation in the wake of the revelation that Casey had failed to disclose to the committee, nine investments valued at more than a quarter of a million dollars, personal debts, and contingent liabilities of nearly half a million. A number of corporations or foundations on whose board Mr. Casey served, blah, 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 Biden admonished him for displaying a consistent pattern of omissions, misstatements, and contradictions. So, like, Biden criticized them for leaving this stuff out, as corrupt as that is, and then voted for him in the end. Like, oh, okay, you're good, you're good. <laughs> Let's see. The Senate Select Committee on Intelligence ultimately found that Casey was not unfit to continue in his role, and in doing so, allowed a key player in the Iran-Contra scandal to continue in his role unchecked. And now Biden's our fucking president. He was doing this shit when he was senator and no one knew who the fuck he was. This was before I was born. And now, yeah, and now Biden's president and you got George Bush and Obama coming out and supporting him. So, like, all these presidents are coming back as this big cabal to run the show while Biden dies silently in the corner and power gets disseminated to big tech companies that have their own governments and, you know, Queen Kamala. The Illuminati Telegraph. Yas, Queen. Yas, Queen. Yeah. So, yeah. So, so Biden's in the bed with the CIA. We talked about last episode, you know, the horrors that the CIA has uh, administered to its citizens of the U.S. unknowingly to, to us. Over many programs, many times, and to citizens of other countries, overthrowing governments that were democratically elected to install dictatorships again to once again, uh, just for money, right? At the end of the day, for yeah. the almighty dollar. And they continue Torture to do it programs. Over. They continue to do it over and over and over and over again. And um, all these politicians are in bed with them, allowing them to do it because they're probably getting a cut of all this money. And so this vicious cycle continues nonstop. And then if you talk about this stuff or you question any of it, you're a crazy conspiracy theorist, so they can automatically dismiss you. And now, dude, that word is getting super weaponized lately. Um, you know, they'll just automatically, even if you don't even fucking believe in QAnon or anything, they'll just automatically call you a QAnon cons- conspiracy theorist now. That's like the new, the new thing, the new smear. Yeah. Yeah. So crazy shit, man. And Biden's Biden's in bed with him. Yeah, and speaking of um speaking of the CIA and, and all that undercover shit and how corporations hide behind legalities, let's check out this Sullivan article. Yeah, so she, the paid writer. Yeah, John you, you e. just Sullivan. sent me this this morning. Yeah, so I I took some notes so that I know I just sent it to you. No, so, I read- yeah, Michael Sullivan documented Ashley Bobbitt's death at the riot. John the, Sullivan. What did I say? Michael. John Sullivan. Yeah, sorry. Um, I'm thinking of Michael the Archangel, who God sent to protect me, because in these hard times, I just need every support I can get. So it was Phrygian slip. Thank you, Michael. <laughs> John Sullivan documented Ashley Bobbitt storming through the glass 
and being shot killed by police. He documented that. He was encouraging the crowd to rush through. He was saying, fuck yeah, this shit is ours. Take back what's ours. We need a revolution. Wearing MAGA gear. This is who he was at the riots. Um, but he was documenting this on like, you know, this these videos. This is what I was saying about the storming the Capitol. This, this stuff on the news was high quality news media cameras. It wasn't yeah. phone cameras they got from eyewitnesses. It was so he immediately on that day signed a $35,000 deal. And I actually saw the document, what I'm pretty sure was the actual concrete All right, contract. You'll share that whenever you. When I, that's what I'm bro. saying. I, I can't find it again. It was on Twitter and I thought I bookmarked it. I tried finding it, but uh, it's, I'll it's see if out. I can find it while you talk about the article here. Yeah, so he signed a deal with NBC and CNN for $35,000 for his video. Previously, he was indicted for violent celebration in Provo, Utah. Anderson Cooper on CNN interviewed him as an eyewitness, not a perpetrator, despite him super perpetrating. No, despite, despite him inciting the crowd further. Yeah. And burn this, this shit down. This shit's ours. Fuck yeah, we got enough of it. Enough of us. Doesn't that remind you of uh, the Manson murder trial? How all this important stuff was left out because I needed to spin a certain narrative. Like Anderson Cooper didn't bring up his past indictment for violent celebration in Provo, Utah. That should at least yeah. not. Which, you know, which by the way, this dude just seems like a crazy bastard. He so he was in, he was at all these uh, Black Lives Matter rallies, you know, inciting violence and shit. And then he goes, you know, back in August, he was at another protest in D.C. where he's telling the crowd, we're about to burn this shit down. We got to rip Trump out of office. Fucking pull him out of that shit. We ain't waiting to the next election. We about to get go get that motherfucker. Oh, is that from a different it's, protest? It's time for a revolution. Yes. He's just oh, going back was... and forth. He's literally going back and forth from like, you know, protesting for the left, yeah, yeah, protesting yeah. for the right, protesting August. for the left, protesting for the right. Like he's just inciting on both sides. He's just a crazy yeah. bastard. So he was exactly so his attorney, Kirsch, forgot the first name, Kirsch, um, filed the invoices of his payments to court to support his claim that he was a documentarian of history. So I thought that was a very bold move. Like, OK, you want to, you know, let's let's just put this in court like Eminem. He disses himself before his opponent can. It's like, OK, we'll, yeah. we'll put this contract in there and, and say he was a documentarian. So how is he a documentarian of history? He was working under Insurgents USA, which was the company or group, as it's referred to here, that him and his attorney made. Him and his defense attorney made the company Insur Insurgents USA, of which he was working under. So he's technically a documentarian of history, right? So this is all about the guy. Here's the next thing, which... The last article reminded me of because, you know, we're talking about all this big corporation taking over. So this is the power of corporation, which the root word is corpse or dead body. So these corporations, when they get in trouble, they blame the corporation. There's no individual that takes the blame because it was done under the corporation, right? right. So check this out. Diffusion of responsibility. Exactly. So he was working under Insurgents USA, what was him and Kirsch's company. Sullivan's internet profiles are BLM and anti-Trump was dressed as Mac on the day of the protest. Um, later in the court filings, Kirsch stated, Insurgents USA is not charged with any offense in the matter. Insurgents is not deemed to have been involved in any criminal activity. So he's deferring, like you said, away from the guy 
onto the corporation of which is technically not liable because this is on paper. You know, it's so fucked up because it's obvious what this is. This is this is Cointel Pro, like the Manson murders and, and all that stuff, how they infiltrated groups to dissuade the public from perceiving it for what it is and perceiving it something badly. Like LSD and hippies are violent. You think this has to do with Trump's feud with the intelligence community towards the beginning of his uh, presidency where they they're just now they're just fucking out for his ass or they were out for his ass. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm sure that's it. But at the same time, I I think this is what's happening anyway. I think this is just I think Trump's in on it. I think Trump is playing ball. Because if he was really fighting Probably. the intelligence community, he would have pardoned Assange. He would have done a lot yeah. more. Yeah, than he you, ever did. you're absolutely right. So I he mean, was just a narcissistic asshole that got into. Yeah, it. yeah. I mean, he plays ball. At the end of the day, the war has never stopped. The drone bombings never stopped. He plays ball. At the end of the day. So I found that document. If you could see my screen. Um. I'm screen. Yes, screen. yes, that's it. Zoom so, in on that motherfucker. This is not even a document. It's straight up the contract where he was paid thirty-five grand. I mean, that's what journalists do is sell their stuff to news yeah. networks, right? It says this agreement is made and entered into this on the sixth day of January twenty twenty-one by and between licensor and cable news network, Inc. CNN. Grants of rights for $35,000, the receipt and sufficiency of which are hereby acknowledged. Licensor hereby grants to CNN a non-exclusive license to use the materials described as follows. Eyewitness video of the shooting at the Capitol Hill 01-06-2021. Collectively, the materials for use in accordance with the terms of this agreement. This, the license granted here... Anyway, you get the fucking idea. I'm not going to read through this whole, do, this whole contract. They, they're paying him on January 6th. 35 grand for this video where this guy even though he's claiming he was a documentarian for this whole process he's on video inciting the fucking crowd right so anyway like you said yeah shady, this... very shady shit going on seems like it could be COINTELPRO oh definitely because there's three things going on here I mean number one on the surface um, yeah, that's what journalists do is sell their stuff, right? That happens. Yeah. Num but number two, he's not a journalist. He was there inciting these things so he can get this narrative and sell it to the news stations who want to push this narrative that it's a violent riot. The same news stations who weren't promoting BLM as violence, even though it was violent as a motherfucker, right? Those are peaceful. So this guy is fueling the narrative obviously not in tune with this ideology of my he's not there authentically you know what i'm saying so the first surface people want to be like oh well journalists sell their stuff that's what i hear people that aren't awake so oh, journalists sell their stuff it's like yeah but this guy is not a journalist he was there to create journalists this don't go yeah jur journalists don't go there and incite violence yeah and then the third thing is he sold it to the news agencies that are pushing the narrative he went there to try to fabricate because he's not MAGA, he's BLM and Antifa, and he was doing that stuff over there. This guy's a, this guy's a provocateur, an agent provocateur, which goes back to the Gulag, which goes back to um, Mussolini and all this stuff. This isn't, this isn't. So you a think new he's thing. gonna, you think he's gonna get off for this? Yeah, because the defendant was saying uh, next. He it's... said that 
defendant is legitimately self-employed as a documentarian and it is oppressive to require that he not be allowed to continue his primary area of employment for an extended period of time. So this whole thing, as far as paperwork goes, is he was a documentarian. He just sold his story. But the other side of it is like, it's not a story. It's a fabrication of what happened. Selling it to the new only. I mean, if you wanted to sell a story, why didn't you sell it to the other news medias? The ones that aren't going to push that this was a riot. You know, it's super biased and it's not journalism when you look into it. So I don't buy that this guy's a documentarian of history because him and the defendant have the company he worked under that's now deferring the blame. It's like, but just going back to my original point, on the surface, you bring this up to people that aren't awake and you're like, see, it's AJ Provocateur. Their thing is, no, people sell their stories all the time. Yeah. You know, but when you put everything in context, you can't buy this shit. No. No smart person buys this shit. Not even conspiracy theorists. I'm talking like the Abby Martins of the world, the Matt Taibis and the and yeah. you know the, the journalists of the world. Actual they don't buy this shit. Journalists who actually cover this shit. Yeah, yeah this they, isn't they don't conspiracy. This isn't conspiracy. This is this is uh, a critical eye on things that are obviously um I don't know what I'm trying to say, fishy. Yeah, there's some fuckery going about as we like to say yeah conspiracy is uh aliens live on the black side of the moon and they're too yeah or the earth is flat or space is fake or whatever those are are fucking ridiculous conspiracies in all fairness i don't broad stroke i don't trust nasa and i haven't been to space myself so it is a faith-based science where you just have to trust you know what I'm saying? But at the same time, Fair I get enough, it. But, uh, I get it. You I, can look and see Saturn and you can see planets and stuff. Yeah. You know, Dude, Dylan, we've talked about enough cosmological things to, I think space is real. But yes. Like, Speaking of cosmology, let's get to the next one. The universe. These, uh, a little break from the politics. Yeah. Huge galaxies move with each other. Dwarf galaxies orbit larger galaxies. And this defies prediction models. Uh, they found like a, a parallel rotation in galaxies, quasars, supermassive luminous galaxies with supermassive black holes at the center, billions of light years away on a parallel rotational axis. And they're finding it very commonly, and that defies the known standard, principles. Yeah, with the which, standard cosmological model. Which which states that everything happened randomly since the Big Bang. There's no order. It's like, but things beyond... Because there's order inside our galaxy, but physics, there it doesn't hold up when you're predicting this parallel stuff yeah, across so billions of to galaxies. To quote the article, it says, our expectation from the cosmological model... From you want to share it? Yeah, I can. So our expectation from the cosmological model, from what we understand about how the whole cosmos evolved, is that satellite galaxies should be more or less randomly distributed in the host, on the host and should also move more or less randomly. It was therefore a big surprise that satellite galaxies around Centaurus A, a galaxy located 13 million light years away, are kinematically synced into a disc-like alignment rather than the messy swam predicted by the standard cos- cosmological model. All right, so that was one instance of it, right, which you can kind of write off. But then you go a little further down here in the article, and it says, this odd coherence 
known as the plane of satellites problem, can also be observed in our own Milky Way galaxy, um, as well as the nearest galaxy, Andr Andromeda. In simulations based on the assumptions of the standard cosmological model, coherences of this nature should only occur in 0.2% of galactic satellite systems, and yet observations keep suggesting that, that they are apparently commonplace. Mm -hmm. um, and so then it goes on to say, well, why is this happening? It might be related to the cosmic web, an yeah. enormous structure made of threads of dark matter that links galaxies across the universe. The orbits of satellite galaxies are thought to be guided, guided by these filaments, which may help explain some of the enigmatic behavior seen in nearby galactic systems. So I thought that was kind of cool. I, I didn't know there was such a thing as a cosmic web that where these filaments connect all these galaxies together. Kind of um, trippy to think about. Yeah, that defies our known laws of the way things work here in our little perspective. Because... I mean, they're talking about satellite galaxies, galaxies that are orbiting around other galaxies, not even satellite planets, dude, just yeah, galaxies. And then these big clusters of galaxies separated from other big clusters of galaxies have like parallel motion to each other. What was it? Centaurus C, Centaurian C? Let's see. It was studied that 15 of the 16 satellite galaxies were in unison. And then later, when they got more information, turned out to be 21 out of 26. So it's the more they look, the more they find this odd occurrence, which is no longer odd. So they have to kind of up in their known understanding of the of the cosmos and, and fit in this new physics. Because it's the way it's described as a filament, a cosmic filament, a thin string of dark matter that's connecting it that's the only thing they can think that's causing any kind of connection because it's like it's described as the rotational plane of like the black holes inside these galaxies are like parallel i, I can't visualize it but it's common and, for millions of light years within each other for them to predict parallel behavior but when you get to billions of light years 400 million light years it's not supposed to do that. We're still we're we're probably so so early in our understanding and knowledge of the universe that we're going to look back on all this shit 100 years from now if the human race survives and just think of how stupid we were as we were trying to observe all this stuff. Yeah, we don't know nothing. I mean, you know, where's Go ahead. We're, we're small people on a small planet in this galaxy of many other galaxies in our solar system. And then there's many other of those out there connected by these filaments where there's parallel act and, and it doesn't match what we've deduced about the world in our little corner. It's like such a big dude. It's insane, man. How do you understand that? I don't. I don't understand it, Dylan. That's that's the thing. Oh, I mean, I like, how does <laughs> how does someone come to understand it? How do people? It's crazy. So John Hill Lee and his colleagues out of the Korea Astronomy and Space Science Institute studied 445 galaxies within 400 million light years of Earth. They noticed that many galaxies rotating toward Earth had neighbor galaxies rotating toward Earth. And likewise, galaxies rotating away from Earth 
had neighbor galaxies rotating away from Earth. It is impossible for galaxies separated by approximately 20 million light years to directly interact with each other in this way, other than if large-scale structures played a part in this distant cohesion. And that large-scale structure are those filaments of dark matter and clusters of dark matter that connect these preposterously large distances cross so that's like there's their assumption like that it has to be something like that making it because they're observing it all the time like more than that 0.2 percent so in 2014 alignment between the universe's largest structures were found with eso's very large telescope vst in chile the study revealed that the rotational axis of supermassive black holes at the center of quasars super ancient ultra luminous galaxies are parallel to each other over a distance of Billions of light years away. Bookmark three. I have that article right here. Um, spooky alignment of quasars across billions of light years. That will this be is fucking crazy. Yeah, they studied the polarization of light from a one hundred quasars and reconstructed their geometry and alignment of the black holes at their cores. The results showed that 19 quasars in this group were parallel to each other, despite being billions of years away. So that's kind of a really macro representation of quantum entanglement, how quantum particles as far away will act instantaneously to each other. It's like a, a really macro version galaxy. And we all know that the galaxy swirl and the chemical and then down to the, it's all like a, it's all fractal. It's, it's a fractal universe. It's very weird. It's very interesting. The quantum entanglement on a macro scale like that. I just looked up like what is the cosmic web and found another article on it. And I'm going to refill my coffee. Can you start reading that? Yeah. Um, so this one's from Big Think. Um, it says the cosmic web is composed of interconnecting filaments of clustered galaxies and gases stretched out across the universe and separated by giant voids. The largest of these filaments that we have found to date is the Hercules Corona Borealis Great Wall, which is a staggering 10 billion light years long and contains several billion galaxies. As for the voids, the largest is the Keenan, Barger, and Cowie void, which has a diameter of 2 billion light years. Within a segment of the spherical KBC void lies the Milky Way galaxy, our planet. And our planet. Altogether, these features give the universe a foamy appearance. However, once you zoom out far enough, this pattern disappears, and the universe appears to be a homogenous chunk of galaxies. Astronomers have a delightful name for this sudden homogeneity. The end of greatness. At smaller scales, however, we can see that the universe does indeed have a rather magnificent structure. This begs the question, how did this structure come to be? And then I guess it goes on further and further to describe how... It's kind of a cool animation here. I guess I'll share the screen so you can see this. Space itself has fluctuating energy levels, incredibly small pairs of particles and antiparticles are spontaneously coming into existence and annihilating each other. This boiling of space was happening in the early universe as well. Normally, these particles, these particle pairs destroy each other, but the rapid expansion of the early universe prevented that from happening. 
As space expanded, so too did these fluctuations, causing discrepancies in the density of the universe. I guess that's what this is depicting right here. Hmm. This reminds me of the cosmic microwave background, the CMB. Do you know about that? Mm-mm. That's where I got B-modes from. Explain. Uh, first, the documentary called The Principle. I watched it a few years ago. It's good. Check it out. They did an experiment where they mapped as far to the end of the universe as they could get the cosmic microwaves. It showed up in temperatures, blue, yellow, red. Like... At the end, of, basically, they wanted to map the outer edge of the universe as far as they could get, 360 degrees around from our perspective on Earth. And Which we know is probably not the end of the universe; it's just the end as, of what we can measure. Yeah. So what they found was it made a perfect, perfectly balanced sphere of temperature, like a yin yang. Like over here was really red hot, and then directly opposite was really like cold blue and everything in the middle was evenly dispersed and what it implied was from our perspective we are at the dead center of because the distance was the same both ways we're at the dead center of a perfectly balanced out microwave background which went against the idea that earth is not special we should have seen like maybe further that way and not as far this way and like less cold that way and more heat this way but what we found was from our perspective, we are at the dead center of what they've measured from them. a very symmetrical microwave background. We're at the center. So it's like Earth might not be at the center of our solar system or galaxy, but it appears to this study we're at the center of the universe. Whoa. At least from our perspective, theory of relativity. You know, I, I'm just I was still hoping I can get a map of that. The CMB cosmic microwave background. Yeah. Yeah, really crazy. That energy graph you showed is what reminded me of cosmic. But in their study of the cosmic microwave background, there's dust particles in the universe that filters out. Is that it? Yeah, that's what pulls up for cosmic microwave background. Hmm. I don't know how to read that. Me either. Looks like Earth, though. It does. I don't know what I'm looking at. Me neither. But that sounds like a really cool concept, really interesting concept. But one of the frequencies that would get through the dust particles that they had to clean up and decipher, they referred to as a B-mode. Because it was like they couldn't understand the frequency. They had to decipher more. And I was like, you know, that's kind of me as an artist. People don't really understand me. You kind of have to <laughs> dig a little deeper. So I named it B-Modes. <laughs> uh, I love it. I yeah. fucking love it. Which we need to rehash that song and finish it. Because that's a badass breakdown. And that's a really cool riff. I mean, that breakdown at the end is fucking... I still have that. I, I could still... It, that, that riff will get stuck in my head from time to time. So, I finished all the Death of Skepsis tabs and all of... I'm done with all that. So, I'm going to upload that. All right. And you can have the extra pieces of tabs, like random stuff. 
Does it matter if I just uh, transpose it to seven string? Do you care? No, please do. I didn't transpose it to seven string because I was already halfway through when we agreed. Yeah, yeah, I figured but, that. But all it's you gotta easy, do it's is easy in the program is like, yeah, make the tuning go down and then copy Adjust and paste the down a string. Yeah, you no, can no, copy no. and paste down a string. No, Probably I'll have to like I'll have to like cut and then go down paste. Have you, have you used Guitar Pro? Yeah, extensively. So you yeah. you know that you can do that. Yeah. I don't know that you can do that. So I was like, well, you can paste it down. Okay. Hey, if you know how to do that easily, cause I'm not going through and retabbing that. No, no. Shit. I know you've spent enough work on it. I'm not asking you to do it. but So you can just... Yeah, put... sh share it with me. I don't know, if maybe through iCloud Drive, because uh, Dropbox gives me... My shit's full, and I don't want to pay for it monthly, because I'm using it for both you and Golgothan. And yeah. Like, it, it, it sometimes new shit that you put in there shows up sometimes it doesn't and same thing for Golgothan. so just share it with me via iCloud drive um that way i can actually i know for sure i can access it okay i believe there's a setting too in the guitar pro where you can click it down the seven string and the tuning and then when before you hit okay you can click keep the fingering or adjust the fingering i think if you i think mm -hmm. if you click adjust it'll just automatically move everything down for you okay because if you go, if you go through and copy and paste everything, that might take you a hot little minute. Yeah, it's gonna take hours. Yeah. So. Okay. Well, cool, man. Anyway, uh, I'm excited to to check that out. B universe. Mode, universe. B modes. Cosmic web. We're living in the, this big cosmic soup. So help me understand this, because I just read it again, and then it. It's like, wait, that doesn't make sense anymore. Probably the wrong guy to help you understand something about the universe, but I'll give it a shot. We'll try it. So galaxy spins are known to align with cosmic filaments, but on smaller scales. Wait, wait, wait. Let me make sure I'm in the right spot. Yeah. Galaxy spins are known to align with cosmic filaments, but on a smaller scale. There is no explanation yet why the axis of quasars are aligned with the axis of the large group of which they are a part of. The axis of a quasar is aligned with the axis of the larger group which they are a part of. So that super ancient luminous galaxy is a part of more big galaxies and they're all like parallel. And that's what defies their known understanding is like at that big a distance, distance yeah there is no parallel it's only when you're close so where where i guess gravity would would typically take effect and start having those forces impose on each other this is the closer. this is the part that lost me this behavioral this behavior upends the cosmological principle which states that the universe is uniform and homogeneous at large scales this is not the case with the parallel behavior of quasars. Isn't uniform and homogeneous the same thing as parallel behavior? That's what's confusing me. Uniform is like evenly, like a, a, an evenly distributed, I guess, um, system of planets and stars. I guess it's not evenly um, distributed if it's clustering up with itself. Right, like if they're they have these filaments that are causing these galaxies to have different effects over these large distances from each other. So you do I help me understand the universe. I, I don't know if I even accurately understood that myself. We're just guessing at this shit. 
But hey, it's fun to talk about on a podcast. This also upends the theoretical timeline of the universe relative to the Big Bang model, which predicts that small satellite galaxies will end up in a random orbit around large host galaxies. Over the last decade, studies have shown that a large chunk of satellite galaxies around the Milky Way are actually synced up with one another in cohesive orbital planes. So the Big Bang model is kind of crumbling because the randomness is not random. It's actually synced up of satellite galaxies. Interesting. I love when science falls apart. Yeah. Um, it, actually, you know, they talk about how how the standard cosmological model is extremely well corroborated. So any evidence yeah. that defies it is, you know, bound to spark controversy within the scientific circles. Yeah. And they even made a joke whenever they uh, the research went live. They were like, uh, all right, so when are we going to get our first angry emails? But, you know, they both they did state that um, despite what they were expecting, that they got, actually got nice emails from their competitors that said, OK, this looks really interesting. So uh, I guess that's encouraging to hear. Yeah. I don't know if science a lot of times can be. Um, it's not easy to be a dissident. Whenever to go against the standard research and science, science from what I hear, because uh, that affects funding, and then that's where things start to get a little a little squirrely there. Yeah, I mean, you got people that have built careers off of what is now falling Certain. apart. So, I mean, naturally, you just have human nature resisting. Right, so and that's that encouraging human- that 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 the that the uh, scientific community with this particular finding is is actually kind of uh, open to it. And I think that there's enough evidence there that they ha- kind of have to be, right? They keep finding all these uh, these dwarf galaxies that are uh, syncing up with their larger galaxies, and um, that, that disproves uh, a portion of the standard cosmology. They kind of have to be open to it. Yeah, I mean, if you prove that galaxies are orbiting... You know, that's kind of uh, hard to fudge your way around. But er water erosion on the Sphinx. Water erosion on the Sphinx is kind of, uh, I don't know. That's pretty hard evidence, though, proving that galaxies are orbiting in sync with each other. So one of the other ones they found, they, they found that our Milky Way has these satellite galaxies. In 2015, the same phenomena was shown to happen around Centaurus A an ecliptical galaxy about 10 million light years from the Milky Way. It's been found at three galaxies so far, three galaxies so far, the only three they have observed. The findings are very consistent. At the BST in Chile, it was previously shown that, yeah, I said that 15 out of 16 satellites of Centaurus A were parallel to each other. Now it's 21 out of 26. I thought 21 to 28. Whatever. Okay. Yeah, maybe it is 28. So this phenomenon is observed in the Milky Way, the Andromeda Galaxy, and Centaurus A. So it's actually super common. It's like three for three. And like you said earlier, based on the standard cosmological model, this should only happen 0.2% of the time. It's being shown this is far more commonplace than previously thought. Pooyah. Interesting stuff, man. Yeah. I wonder if our ancient civilizations knew about the cosmic web and how it affected the different galaxies that surround us. 
I think they did. I think that's what Eastern mysticism and Taoism get at the root. I'm not studied it well enough in that to to know, but sounds interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, a little break from politics there. A little bit about the cosmos and uh, science, kind of related to science. We also had that other article you sent me that the strict about, lockdowns. Yep, about the flawed data model from yeah. Imperial College for the UK lockdowns. Now this article is a little older. It's from December twenty. I say older. December twenty second uh, of this past year, but still relevant considering that they've been touting this new. 70% more transmissible strain of coronavirus that's going around. And we keep having all these cases that we find in all these states of the new strain of the more transmissible version of coronavirus. Um, and basically what this article outlines is that that claim was based on not not necessarily flawed data, but in half inadequate, inadequate data. Yeah, inadequate half data. It's, because it's, we didn't have enough of a. Whenever they started making those claims, he didn't. We did not have enough data on hand to actually, um, or and the and or the models in place to actually uh, make those claims. Yeah, those so, claims are. Uh, the UK was put under strict lockdown um, initially. With little to no evidence to support, they claimed that a new strain had 70% transmissibility, and it came from the UK government's new and emerging respiratory virus threats advisory, NERVTAG. It's the only evidence to suggest the 70% transmissibility claim. Their info apparently comes from the Imperial College's Dr. Eric Volz's 10-minute presentation, given the same day as their meeting, where he said um, he he delivered this presentation to COVID-19 Genomics UK, COG UK, uh, which is bookmarked seven right here. Welcome to the director, Pre Professor Sharon Peacock. This is the website where they basically say they get money from the Wellcome Trust, the UK government, and the Wellcome Sanger, Sanger. Institute. Uh, but in Vols's presentation, he downplays the quality of the U COG UK sampling and questions the validity of the model that we use was used to claim 70% transmissibility. So it kind of downplays it, which leads to questions why Boris Johnson would cite the figures so prominently and mandate the lockdowns. But Vols refers to the two strains in his presentation, the new strain N51Y, and compared it to the old strain A22V. This was the specifics. They said that... So A22V had three months of sampling right in 51y the new strain that uh, is 70 percent transmissible in, let let's sorry, lockdowns in 501y in 501 51 yeah 50 yeah. 501 yeah so that one the new one only has one month of data but it showed growth more than a22v but the rest of the nerve tag committee not dr eric voles says we don't have enough data to support these claims to take these lockdown measures. We want more information. The only well, the only voice that mattered was Dr. Eric Vols because they ran with that narrative he put that it's really bad. Well, even even Dr. Eric Vols, he states he has a caveat, well, trends you see early on don't always pan out. Yeah. 
So, I mean, he had, we had one month of growth of the N501Y strain that was observed before we automatically start saying, hey, it's, you know, there's this new strain, it's 70% more transmissible, and we start actually making policy decisions based on this claim on one month of data that even the scientist who came up yeah. with that 70% transmissible uh, fact is stating, hey, well, you know what? This is not enough data for us to actually know if this is actually an appropriate claim. Yeah. I mean, the people that listen to the science are listening to leaders take snippets of the science to push their narrative because the science says we don't have enough information. He also claimed that it was bad on children, which then um, they came out and said, let me find that part. The Illuminati Telegraph. N501Y. Well, can I just, and, ju and just let me go back to the quality of the, of the data that we were talking about, right? So he yeah. talks about later on in this article, he adds that the sparse data sets used to develop the transmiss transmissibility model for the new strain had some issues, stating that the sample frequency is very noisy and overdispersed. And later on in the presentation, he states that the data provided by COG UK was both non-random and very noisy sampling, bringing into question not only the limited amount of data in terms of time, but also the quality of that data. After noting the glaring flaws in both, both models he is comparing and that it is too early to tell much of anything about N501Y, Vol states that N501Y is growing faster than A222V ever grew. Um, because also, that was another thing that I read in here. They were using the model for A22V on N501Y um, to determine transmissibility, and then Bowles actually stated that that model is not a particularly good fit, given that there are lots of outliers early on, and there are lots of outliers quite late. He concludes that we wouldn't ha expect a logistical growth model is appropriate in this case. However, he uses this not necessarily appropriate model of a poor fit to compare to the new strain. So, and then we have our leaders taking all this information and imp implementing draconian lockdowns based on bullshit data. Yeah. That the rest of the science committee whose voice didn't get out there says it's not. And if you're yet. a person like you or I that actually says, you know what, this is kind of a fucked up way to maybe approach this uh, coronavirus uh, shit. We get labeled a conspiracy theorist who doesn't follow the science. Whenever the scientists are telling us the science isn't yeah. sound. Yeah. No, you're just listening to the fucking politicians and the fucking media uh, automatically spout this shit out. Oh, by the way, I can't tell you how many fucking headlines I've read since this 70% uh, more transmissible strain came out that is, you know, talking about basically talking about this shit as if it's like hardcore fact. Mm -hmm. Anyway, go ahead. Sorry. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, uh, I found the little spot about the strain on the kids, but it starts with Ferguson, his colleague, who's yeah. very corrupt. So Ferguson played a major role in promoting more restrictive lockdowns. Um, I got it right here. I paraphrase. Who is, who is Ferguson, Neil Ferguson? Ferguson was a, a close colleague of Dr. Eric Vols. He delivered the presentation. No, 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 sorry. 
I misread that. Neil Ferguson was just a colleague of Bulls, is all I found. So he was he, caught. Well, he's a he's a British epidemiologist and a professor of mathematical biology. Oh, was that a trick so, question? You wanted to see if I knew? No, no. I just I, I didn't I didn't have the answer. I just oh, okay. I didn't know if he was someone in the government or someone someone else. Like I didn't know what his occupation was. I should say. Right, right. That's okay. what I was trying to get at. I didn't know what he what, where he worked. Anyway, so yeah, he was Vol's colleague. He played a key role in promoting the need for more restrictive lockdowns due, due to the new genetic variant. Yeah, he, Ferguson, in May, uh, I guess before this article was written, which was 2020, so I guess May in 2019. Hey, that ice is really loud on your microphone. Oh, I'm sorry, guys. No more. Yeah, no more ice. That's what you get for drinking iced coffee. You should have got an Americana like a man. It says the guy with no beard to the guy with a fucking beard and a half. <laughs> <laughs> so, shit. Ferguson was caught breaking the lockdown rules he lobbied for to visit his lover. He also has a history of producing flawed models, such as his inaccurate predictions of COVID-19 deaths that led to the first lockdowns in the UK. Despite this, he was part of nerve tag and the meeting that led to persuading the prime minister to mandate the lockdowns. However, the majority of the lobbies of the body's members agreed that there was not sufficient data to support the claim or the lockdowns and wanted to wait for more evidence. There was only moderate confidence that the new strain was more transmissible and concluded that there was insufficient data to answer crucial questions on the new strain. While most nerve tag members opposed that sort of immediate action, Ferguson appeared on the BBC the same day of the nerve tag meeting and claimed that the UK needed to have a third lockdown. He also said we should be panicking much more frequently. A few days after the lockdown measures were announced, Ferguson made claims that the new variant is highly infectious to children. He then said they haven't established causality on it but can see it in the data. That is incomplete. He also noted that they need to gather more data first to actually determine if children are more susceptible. What the fuck? Wendy Barclay. Her last name trips me out. Barclays. I have their credit card. Um, another member of NerveTag, Wendy Barclay, also perpetuated the unproven claim. Barclays Lab at the Imperial College is also funded by the UK government and the Wellcome Trust. Wow, the government's funding the science that's helping them lock shit down? No way. <laughs> despite ferguson admitting there's not enough evidence headlines read the opposite across the uk this is my words now almost like the strategy is to give the soundbite slash headline so the media can isolate the claim and ignore the but we have no evidence afterwards because we live in a headline world people don't pay attention they get stuff yeah. from they get stuff from beyonce and colin kaepernick on their social justice politics they get stuff from, you know, Mark Zuckerberg's Facebook algorithm. They, Mark Zuckerberg's, real quick, his Facebook algorithm is like censoring anti-vax stuff. But that video I sent you of him admitting he doesn't even like the vax is so fucking insane, man. How do people not wake up? How do people not? Critical, man. And these are the people that are going to be able to set up their own governments. Yeah. Dude, their, own, their own governments, their own smart cities. What's crazy is you set up your big company in a state. You follow that state's government, man. You don't get to make your own government. Back to that 
Nevada thing. Shit is so crazy. I don't know how people aren't awake. A dummy like me is like... But then with me saying a dummy, people will be like, see, you're a dummy, so you're falling for conspiracy theorists. Get the fuck out of here. So yeah, that's uh, that's the UK lockdown and the flawed imperial college science that led to it. And the great example of how science works when it favors the government. That's why you got to love it when people are like, well, I just trust and follow the science. Yeah, I have a friend that we were discussing, a close friend, uh, we were discussing during the Black Lives Matter protest, I brought up how everyone's protesting and it's the same people that don't want you to open your business. And then he said, well, they wore the masks. That's why the virus didn't spread during Black Lives Matter, right? So I say it didn't spread. I thought for sure we had spikes after that. That's what I'm saying. But they didn't blame it on BLM because they wore masks. They blamed it on uh, right-wing restaurant owners that wanted to open up and people that go to parks. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. But these are the people, you're, my peers, man. Like whenever I'm saying people think this, I've, I literally mean peers. So we had that discussion during those protests, right? So mm -hmm. he was like, yeah, but the masks work. That's why it didn't spread. Right now right now he's unavailable to come to band practice this week because his roommate got COVID. he's been exposed so it's like dude just wear the mask didn't during black lives matter protest you say they worked like if the science says it works wear the fucking mask people are living in this like un inability to critically think because they don't want to be conspiracy theorists and they don't want to be ostracized from the groups they want to be accepted in that's a fucking good point man like now, they're living you critically think or think anything different than what the mainstream narrative is supposed to be. You get labeled a conspiracy theorist. You get ostracized from the tribe. And that's a scary fucking thing. And, and much love that. to the guy. I'm not talking down on the guy. I'm yeah. just saying this is not hyperbole when I say everyone is asleep and living in this. Like it's 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 right around you. People are like bouncing back and forth from the logic that comes from establishment science and media. And this is what establishment science and media gets us right here. Lockdowns from half truths and media headlines, not based in facts. It's such a fucked up world. I don't know how people don't wake up. I get you, man. You're preaching to the choir. You're preaching to the choir to me. I mean, I get it. That's what that's what this podcast is for, though, right? Hopefully, people can kind of tune in. Dude, we're not the we're not the smartest fucking guys in the world. We just hey, we're looking at different news sources and we're trying to point to different things that have happened in history that uh, can maybe illuminate to the fact illuminate the fact that these these injustices could also still be happening today and probably are. Um, I mean, our last couple episodes on things like MK Ultra and stuff. Do you think? So <laughs> I was just I was listening to. Uh, uh, a Rogan podcast on the way back from the store with Tiffany just now. And it was with Fahim Anwar and he, he was talking about how they're going to start. They have these people in media that are calling for uh, like these truth czars or truth czar committees where the government will have basically a committee that, that dictates what's truth and what's not truth. Right. And we have people in the media calling for this shit. And it's like, Hey, you trust the government to make those kind of fucking calls whenever they've done shady shit like MK Ultra in the past with all the all the 
No, 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 no. They didn't find anything with MKUltra. That's why they shut it down and destroyed all the documents. So that doesn't yeah, yeah. count. Okay, okay. They didn't, yeah, they didn't, right. You didn't right. read the NPR article or Helter Skelter, dude? Come on, man. Yeah, you're right. You're right, man. But it's like, but but no, we we legitimately have people calling for that. Calling for these like authoritarian almost um, measures. It's, I don't know, man, it's, it's insanity. Hopefully, like I said, that's, that's what we have this uh, podcast for so that we can maybe wake a few people up. Yeah. And get them I, to start thinking critically. I not, wanna... to, not to believe in a bunch of conspiracies. Don't go believing in QAnon and all this shit, but actually start to pay attention to what's happening around you and don't always believe what you read on CNN or NBC and ABC and all these major news outlets. Like, start checking multiple sources. Start trying to think about, hey, what would be the reason they'd want to uh, position this this narrative to me this way, right? It, what's the money behind it, you know? That, that's what... A lot of times, that's what it boils down to: is is where's the funding coming from for this? Where's the funding? Where's the and, funding? Uh, so this uh, it's all these fucking government elites getting rich and staying rich with all these fucked up policies they put in place. Yep. So this okay. uh, imperial article about the flawed data model le- leads into the the whistleblowers alleged the well the Welcome Sanger Institute that funded nerve tag and all that science that led to the lockdowns whistleblowers alleged that uh and it's a link through in that original article mm-hmm. so i just wanted to follow up on it because it said they were alleged of misusing the dna of african americans by commercializing a gene chip having legal neither legal permission from their partners or the consent of the hundreds of africans who donated their dna to help develop the chip. So the Institute claims they did not commercialize or profit from the chips. They admitted some relationships have been disrupted with their companies. The Stellenbosch University in South Africa demanded the Institute return their DNA samples. So they were like, look, you're going to be doing that. Instant that Stellenbosch University was like, look, give us our shit back. If you're doing shady stuff, a lot of people pulled out. They didn't want to be associated with that no more. So basically what they were doing was, studying african-american genome so they could make better medicine for genetic predisposed diseases they might get heart issues diabetes what if you can gene chip what what kind of the gene the gene chip from what i understand helps them streamline it because it can be 800 to 1200 dollars per person to study their gene or the gene chip makes it only $100 per person. I don't know if they put the chip in the skin and it automatically whatever, but the gene chip was a cheaper way to do it. And or is par- the gene chip an actual piece of like or actual chip that a computer uses to like analyze this data or is it something that's probably that's probably what it is. It's man hours of analyzing data manually in the chip. So there was just commercial conflict of interest cuz they like sold and worked with their DNA and this chip without being legally allowed to by their partners. So they were in this scandal. A large research team left the Institute and abandoned plans to study the genomes of 100,000 Africans. And, you know, it's really weird that this Sanger Institute that funded the science that led to the UK lockdown for a virus that many people are saying targets 
black people and minorities. I don't know if that's true. But on the flip side, that same institute is studying the genomes of those minorities that this virus is supposedly targeting. So it's like, why specifically study the genomes of African-Americans? What is the interest in Africa? Well, this might help. So I, I just looked up what a gene chip is. And this might help, like, understand, like, okay, so, and I'm sorry to cut you off, but let me just read through this real quick, because it might give us some context to, to what, what they were doing with that information. So gene chips are devices not much, not much larger than postage stamps. They are based on a glass substrate wafer and contain many tiny cells. 400,000 is common. Each holds DNA from a different human gene. The arrays of cells makes it possible to carry out a very large number of genetic tests on a sample at a time. At the moment, the devices are used in pharmaceutical laboratories to investigate what genes are involved in various normal and disease processes and to speed up the slow and painstaking process of finding new drugs. The hope is that it will soon be possible for doctors to use these devices to run simple tests on patients during examinations in order to diagnose diseases with a genetic base or to find a treatment tailored to an individual's genetic makeup. So the concept is seen as having vast potential and more than a dozen firms are trying out various cost-effective ways of making the chips. The devices are often called DNA chips or generally biochips. More formally, they are referred to as microarrays micro and the process of testing the gene patterns of an individual sometimes called microarray profiling. So I don't know. I don't think it's something that actually um, gets implanted i think it's just they basically study the the genome of all of these different f people and they're able to i guess upload that data into a chip and then run different models on it i'm assuming that allow them to test to see hey with this effect of a drug on this particular genome this is the outcome that we expect from that Does that makes sense that was a really dumb way to try and break that down but um, I would have to read it and, and, and see it because when you're reading, I, it makes me think about something and I'm back and forth. Oh, sorry. Um, okay. Not that you don't make sense, but I didn't, I didn't absorb it all. Okay. All right. Did you get it? Yeah, I kind of got, that's what I was trying to kind of break down for you that basically I think that these gene chips are, they would, they would take the DNA from Africans upload them into these gene chips so that they can run different tests on these uh, tests on these gene chips in a laboratory setting where they can see what kind of effect different drugs and diseases have on a particular type of uh, genome. That's about it, the most simple I could try to break it down. And I don't even know if I understand it right. Anyway, Sorry. Either way, they were caught up in that, and they yeah. funded that COVID. By science. the way, Sanger, welcome Sanger Institute. It sounds like it was probably founded or based on Margaret Sanger, who is a who has been heavily criticized for her um, support for eugenics. It's kind of sketchy. Yeah. Right. See, when you look into this anyway. and all the people connected and where the money comes from and all this well, stuff, she's I mean, dead now. But um, yeah. She developed birth control, planned parenthood. What was up with this wokeness? Oregon promotes teacher program. Uh, it's something Such. I just saw online that I thought was ridiculous. Bro, um, I got angry reading this and then like stopped <laughs> reading it. I stopped reading it and I was like, oh, I got to finish reading it if I'm going to hate it. 
Uh, it was so hard to read. Part of the toolkit includes a list of ways white supremacy culture allegedly infiltrates math classrooms. This is from the New York Post, man. Those include the, the focus is on getting, dude, everywhere, man. It's in the schools, I guess. The focus is on getting the right answer. Students being required to show their work and other alleged manifest. Dude, getting the right answer and showing your work is what they're saying promotes white supremacy. It's white supremacy, yeah. So basically, if you don't understand, like I go back to calculus whenever I had to do those word problems. Like if a train's going 100 miles an hour and you subtract 50 apples from the caboose and now it's, you, you know, this and that. Because what they're saying is, the concept of mathematics is being, this is a quote, the concept of mathematics being purely objective is unequivocally false and teaching it is even much less so. The document for the equitable, equitable math toolkit reads, upholding the idea that there are always right and wrong answers perpetuate obje objectivity as well as fear of open conflict. So basically, if you don't understand and you're like, well, I was reading it like this, the teacher has to go, okay, well, that's right. And especially if you're like a minority student, the teacher definitely has to be like, you're right, you're right, you're right. Uh, yeah, I just wanted to send that to you so you can see a little bit of the craziness that is actually coming down via policy. And, you know, I tried to think about this like, all right, what am I missing here? Maybe, maybe there is something to it. Maybe there is some bit of racism that you can probably find in, in math and maybe the way that... Uh, test scores are, are scored for underprivileged uh, inner-city youth or something. But, like, the claims they make in here, like... Give them an easier test, if that's the case. Don't say that math is false. I mean, there's other solutions than to say this shit. This is, and this is policy, bro. This is coming down the line. An associated dismantling racism workbook linked with the toolkit similarly identifies objectivity, described as the belief that there is such a thing as being objective or neutral, as a characteristic of white supremacy. I don't understand, man. It goes against common sense. You know. Oh, dude, right here. Yeah. Instead of focusing on one right answer, the toolkit encourages teachers to come up with at least two answers that might solve this problem. <laughs> wow, man. Is this art class or what? <laughs> no, man. Like, this is. Uh... Do you follow. Uh... Oh, follow the, I follow the science. That's what I follow. Oh, okay. All right. I no, follow do you follow uh, James Lindsay on Twitter? No. You should probably follow him. He is constantly, he might be going a little crazy from it, but he was one of those guys that was involved in, remember when they uh, wrote those papers that, uh, and submitted them to all these um, scientific journals and magazines on all these different woke subjects? Oh, the uh, guy that was on Rogan, they submitted yeah, all the fake shit. They yeah. submitted all those fake papers and um it's dogs and just, express just, Yeah, do like a, you know, dog uh dog rape in the dog park and shit like yeah. that. And they got um, awards. They got Yeah, awards they won awards for making up these ridiculous uh, but just by utilizing woke rules and making sure they they abided by those well, concepts. They won awards on these ridiculous ridiculous papers they, that they wrote. They but anyway, he was one of they, the guys that, that did that. They didn't win awards 
because it was ridiculous. They won awards despite it being ridiculous because it perpetuated this insane narrative that establishment is. So these journalistic factions that gave them awards for their papers later when they found out it was a prank, like retracted it. And then they got fired from their jobs at the, at the colleges they worked at. And now they're just hosting their own YouTube show. So these journalistic, these, these publications actually said, this is good. They didn't get like a joke award. They got a real, award from these publications you know one of the papers didn't they didn't they just take Mein Kampf and actually yes rewrite it and wrote it with uh what did they replace the word i think they replaced the word jew with something else toxic white masculinity or something yeah something like that and they said they submitted it and got they actually got praised and it was literally Mein Kampf they just and they took the word Jew out of it and put like a white person or, or what I, I'd have to go back and listen to the episode again or try and find the paper, but they replaced it. Um, hold on, let me see if I can find that because I thought that was so fucking ridiculous and just showed how stupid this woke religion is. Dismissing Western astronomy, astronomy as sexist and imperialist, and makes the case for they had a paper that makes the case for departments to study feminist astrology or practice interpretive dance instead. Other means superior to the natural sciences exist to extract alternative knowledges about stars and enriching astronomy, including ethnography and our other social science methodologies. Careful examination of the intersection of Extant astrologies from around the globe, incorporation of mythological narratives and modern feminist, feminist analysis of them, feminist interpretive dance, especially with regard to the movements of the stars and their astrological significance, and direct application of feminist and post-colonial discourses concerning alternative knowledges and cultural narratives. The paper, uh, that paper was published in Gender, Place, and Culture. Human reaction to rape culture and queer perform, perform, for, perform map performativity at urban dog parks in portland oregon that that was a paper they wrote on canine rape culture in a portland dog park do dogs suffer oppression based on perceived gender the paper asked that one was published um and rubbing one out defining metasexual violence of objectification through non-consensual masturbation they argue that men who masturbate while thinking about a woman without her consent are, pepe- are perpetuators of sexual violence. So that was another one that got got some praise and accolades. So you can't you can't jerk off and think about a chick, bro. And, uh, think and, about this because you're, you're that's that's sexual violence. So uh, that's how ridiculous, bro. Think about this. All this shit is, and this was from two years ago. They did this shit, and it's only escalated. Oh, oh, oh okay. I got it. I got it. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Bro, think about if Neuralink takes off, the brain-to-brain communication technology becomes a thing, which it will. The smart cities really take over and they start scanning and policing everybody and dissidents, which they're going to, right? Um, I hope not, but I don't feel good saying that these things are going to happen. Okay, this is just what I think based off of what I see. This doesn't... I don't have a good time thinking about you know, this dystopian future. But 
there there could li- there could really come a time you just read from the fake article right yeah yeah there could literally come a time where they do enforce these policies because big tech companies are going to buy land and make their own government and this reminds me of something else i'll say that and they're going to have the technology that is scanning your thoughts and they're going to come get you and report you to police because let's say you work at this big tech company that sets up their own shop and government outside the city you live in when you come back to your city you're employed and under contract from that government over there so you got these two governments working together and all that all that all that company is just all this smart shit i mean you read that list of stuff that you have to be in business with to have this government land your own government it's all this smart stuff so you're just going to be under the contract of two governments working together to stifle you all under the guise of like uh i don't know what the convenient sell point is going to be that people are going to want to be like oh this is great you know but i mean this is really that that's a fake article but the the, the framework that big tech and the CIA and the government is helping build right now, <coughs> thanks to COVID and all the people that quarantine instead of wear a mask. It's like just wear a mask. You know, all these people are what allows it to happen because no one's awake and pushing back. It, it comes back to people. If the people wake up and push back, that's why they have to manufacture consent. Yeah. Because of the people have the power. That's why 9-11 happened and then they because they were trying to vote in the NSA, the National Security Act, all for Bill Clinton's presidency. And it never got voted in. People were predicting, crazy conspiracy theorists were predicting false flags like the Gulf of Tonkin that got us into the Vietnam War. They were predicting a false flag for this NSA to get voted in because they saw it like this is not good. This National Security Act. 9-11 happened in September. The next month, the National Security Act was finally voted in after like eight years of Bill Clinton's presidency. If it not, boom, it got voted in. So you need consent from the people for these things based off of fears that were manufactured by our government in the first place. Yep. So the the people have the power is what I'm saying. Yeah. All All people have to do is wake up and be like, you know what? I'm not wearing my mask to the grocery store. Everyone's crowded and shopping, but we can't go to the restaurant and dine in and keep people open, keep waitresses paying their like. Oh, we can. You can't. Yeah, people. I get get, get what you're saying, though. People can go dine in here, but people aren't because their minds are under the spell. In Louisiana, we can. But, but, but here, we restaurants are like halfway open, but people, they're terrified. Really. They eat yeah. this shit up, man. This is like a democratic state where people are like, uh, I can tell you back home, bro. People be when we go, fuck, they're going out. <laughs> yeah, they give a fuck here. Like, they don't give a fuck over here. People, wa- I see people walk around all the time outside with masks, exercising, young, healthy people with masks. With oh, masks. You know, I, I wear a mask at the grocery store and shit because if it makes outside, the- I mean, at the no, park, no, no, no. I don't at do the that. park. You can go fuck yourself. Walk- Going to the other side of the road because I'm go, walking and I don't go, have a mask. Go fuck yourself. I'm not. That's what I'm, I'm not, saying. I'm not running six miles with a fucking mask on at a like. Could you see me fucking? I would die. I wouldn't even know how I'd fucking. How can you get a hard workout in with that shit on? 
Anyway, no, go fuck yourself. Like, if you're outside and you're six feet apart, what's the fucking point? Leave me alone. Yeah, like, ask. I went to the, a food truck with some friends the other day and, like, everyone kept wearing their mask outside the food truck. I put it on out of respect when I went up to get my food. When I walked, I took the fucking mask off. We're outside. And they're all standing here with their masks. It's like... Do you wear, do you, how about the band? Do you all wear masks when you're together at band practice? No. No, that's either. But, but I when, also know... But if, if someone gets go. sick, like, I'm like, hey, like, we, we check in with each other, like, hey, you know, like, Eddie wasn't feeling fucking, no, Eddie had just come home from uh, traveling to Baltimore, um, where he was fucking hanging out with a bunch of people up there. So like, hey, you know what, man, let's just give you a week. We're going to just do some video filming. We'll get together next week. So we just gave him like a week of basically quarantine. Hey, he's feeling fine. No symptoms. Now, fuck it. We'll get together again. We got together again the next Sunday. You know, or if someone's sick in the band, we're like, hey, man, motherfucker, stay home. Or will you wear a mask if you're fucking feeling sick, you know, but we don't we don't fucking mask. We get together every week. We're fine. I, I almost feel like. When people go out, they have to put on this image, right? Because we were all just together, not wearing a mask. And now that we're like in public in front of everyone's masked, and it's like, what's the difference here other than putting out this image? Yeah. I don't get that. That's kind of especially if you were all just together without a mask on. Oh, dude, we we rode to the food truck with no masks on, and then when we got there, we're like, I, I don't know, man. It it drives me crazy, you know. Like, well, I can see. All right, I'm walking up to the food truck. I'm gonna be inter- interacting with the person I'm getting the food from. Let me put my mask on. I don't want to get them shut down or give them problems. Exactly. Because I exactly. want to make. Right, because you know? I want to make a fucking statement. Or I don't want to give the poor person at the grocery store hassle because they want to offer me a fucking mask. I'm like, fuck you, I'm not wearing a mask. And like, the yeah. motherfucker's just trying to do his job, right? There's two things. I mean, There's like, the mask is not a big deal, but what it represents, this kind of blind compliance that you can observe in public. Right. There's these two things, and it's like, I, I, I understand the whole mask thing. I also understand that, uh, Fauci has come out several times and said that they don't matter, but people's there's like conflicting science or no science at all that support the mask. So it's like I don't understand the mask at the same time. Yeah, it, it's it's yeah, it's a wild time to live in, but it's also a spiritual journey. It's a wild it's, time to live in. I'm with Sam Tripoli that conspiracies lead to spirituality because you kind of have to rise above it and just. I don't even know. Yeah, keep, you have to live your own life, man, and keep the love, you know. Yeah, it, it all comes understand, from a good place. Understand I, what truly fucking matters, right? Yeah. End of the day. Yeah, what truly matters at the end of the day is love, is love and money. <laughs> I don't know about the money part, but love for sure. Yeah, I think that covers everything for today. Yeah, I think so, man. Good two hour, good little two hour chunk for you guys. That was pretty popping solid. them out. Some current know. events, you know, current some current events. events. I thought that was fun. Send us uh, some shit if you guys want to hit us up on Twitter. Send us uh, some of the articles that you've all come across so we can. Uh, yeah, Illuminati Telly on social media. Hit us up. Yeah, hit us up. Let us know you're out there. Uh, I watched your Golgothan stream last night. I was listening <laughs> while I was at work. Um, Not much going on. We're just playing Overwatch. Yeah, shout out to your Golgothan stream. I like that you'll have ads monetized. That's real cool. Yeah, man. We uh, they they make it official too. I don't know if you've watched any of the commercials, but yeah. we have 
fucking hilarious one about to come out. Uh, Wait, John you Hayden. make? Oh, I don't see your commercials. Oh yeah, we the, have Uganda commercials. No, I saw the like the the Google the sponsored ads from monetizing the channel. Yeah, that. But we actually have commercials we play in the middle of our stream, especially oh, if it's like that. a kettlebell killer stream. Like in the middle of my sets, we'll take a commercial break, and it's all ads that we have made personally for Gogothan. For each one of our shows, like we have an ad for John's show, we have an ad for Eddie's cooking show, we have an ad for my kettlebell killer workouts, and we make since you know kind of an inside running joke in the band is Jai pretty much exclusively drinks Natter Days, which is like I don't know if you ever had one of those. It's one of those natural light. It's like the natural light beer, but it's like a kind of a pink lemonade flavored. I think it is. Um, oh, it's got a hangover written all over it. Fuck that's that. All he fucking drinks is just Natter Days. So um, he, you'll see that there's this commercial that's going to come out. That's a, uh, it's a Natter Day commercial. And it, have you ever seen those animal commercials with Sarah McLaughlin? Yeah. That sad song playing. It's it's basically a Natter Day commercial about all the kids in the world that are, you know, uh, deprived of their Natter Days and how they have to donate. Six hundred and sixty-six dollars to us over. <laughs> to anyway, you'll see the commercial. It's, I'm gonna send it to you whenever okay. whenever he's finished. It is fucking hilarious, man. Yeah, so everybody check out Golgotha. Y'all got some good stuff going on. Um, what else? Check out uh, Alfred and the Ted Naders, our last jam tape. I'm we're we're finishing up vocals soon. We got a record coming out. It's gonna be badass. Fuck yeah. Subscribe to the Patreon. No ad audio video. You can see our beautiful faces. My big beard. I'm growing and, just for you guys. Yep. And Death of Skepsis. Um, you can see us right behind me. Check hey, out our hey. EPs. We got Look stuff our, coming down the pipe. Young in, faces. Yeah. If you're in Denver, March 5th at the venue, come see Alfred and the Ted Naders live. Oh, shredding. Shredding. Live music again. I wouldn't even know what that feels like. It's been over a year. I'm nervous about it because it's like, you know, I really am conflicted inside when I have this hard stance on everything we just talked about. And then I, I still got to go put my mask on. Ugh. You have to play with a mask on? I don't know, man. I don't think so. Because uh, Octopus Tree played it. their band, uh, Joe and Spencer. They just put out a new record, Octopus Tree. It's pretty good. Um Every light is a sun. It's pretty good. So go check that out. But they didn't have to wear a mask while they play. But everyone in the crowd had to wear a mask. And it's like, ah, just fucking, fucking fuck. I know. You can't even see if people are digging it or not. Can't see what? Can't even see if people are digging it or not. Well, you can't even do this. Yeah, I guess so. Woo! So come check us out March 5th. Yep, and uh, Golgotham will eventually be releasing our record, Leech. Um, I don't know when. Just hopefully, off of, hopefully on Metal Blade. No, it's probably... No, uh, Metal Blade, they, they did get back to us. They're interested, they said, and uh, they would, would sign us, but they are booked until 2022 right now, so their roster is full. They said they love the music. They love the content they just they can't sign us right now all it is they're not signing anyone this year okay. oh well fuck it search continues yeah well, I, it kind of kind of aggravated me though because uh well, that didn't aggravate me but so capra just got signed to metal blade that's officially announced i can say that on the podcast 
and they're from Lafayette as well. They put out their music video and Metal Blade posted and they there's not a single member of that band that's from New Orleans. And Metal, you know what Metal Blade, Blade posts? They go, check out uh, New Orleans Finest, uh, Capra, with their new video, The Locust Preacher. And it's like, what the fuck? And it's like, why are you saying they're from New Orleans? They're from Lafayette, Louisiana. Why do you have to just say they're from fucking New Orleans just because they're from Louisiana? That's like two hours away. There's not a single member that lives in New Orleans or is even from New Orleans. <laughs> I'm but kind of upset. Big record label had to put New Orleans on there. I was like, yeah, that I, that wouldn't have went down well with me. I'd have told them to go fuck themselves. Put, put that word from, you know what? Put that word from fucking uh, Crotch Springs, motherfucker. And I'd just to, I'd make it super obscure just to piss them off. Anyway. Anyway, hope you guys enjoyed the episode. Yep. Good talking, bro. Good seeing you yep. again as always. We'll get together on next week. Talk some more current events. And we'll do another deep dive episode here probably, I guess, two weeks from now. Yeah. So, but but we're going to start yeah. trying to come get to you guys more often. Um, we're we're going to try to do once a week as long as our schedules and everything line up. So stay posted. And yeah. Had a good time. Rock on, man. All right, everyone. Hey, give me those glass brain guitar tracks. You got it. I have. I recorded a couple more. I just, uh, you know, I want to make sure that they're good. Yeah. No worries. I'm going to send you the guitar profiles. Give me a uh, glass brain. Okay. Fucking rocking and rolling. Donald Trump rolling. disco style, yeah. <laughs> Donald Trump disco style. Yeah. All right, man. And see you later. Peace. Give Tiffany a hug. Tell her I said hey. I will, bro. Later, man. Right. Later. Telegraph